0: you ought to underline that phrase neither know we what to do now that's as far as i want you to read with me right now and uh, i want to preach here in just a few minutes with the help of the lord on what to do are you listening on what to do when you don't know what to do what to do when you don't know what to do now that's where king jehoshaphat is in this passage of scripture he tells the lord he said neither know we what to do And if we'll all be honest, we found ourselves at that place probably time and time again for some of us that are older. You'll find yourself there maybe physically or spiritually or mentally or financially. You'll find yourself one of these days at a position when you don't know what to do. Now, I want you to back up very quickly to chapter number 19. And I want to lay a little foundation, then we'll just launch into the message. In chapter number 19, you'll find that the Bible said in verse number 1... And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. What he's returning from, if you went back to chapter 18, you'll find that Jehoshaphat and his army had joined up with Ahab and, the, and Ahab's army. There's been a split in the kingdom. It happened after Solomon died. Rehoboam and Jeroboam came on the scene, and there was a split in the kingdom. And you'll find that uh, Jehoshaphat has been out fighting with uh, Ahab. And in chapter 18, Ahab, the king of Israel, died. And Jehoshaphat is returning from that battle. The Bible sitting in verse number 4. In chapter number 19, And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem. And he went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim and brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. Now, I believe that's very commendable right there. They've been straying away from the Lord, and he's out there bringing them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. And there's a need for that in this hour. People are backsliding, getting away from God, and that's part of the ministry of the church, is to bring people back unto the Lord. Verse number 5, And he set judges in the land throughout all the fence cities of Judah, city by city. "...and said to the judges, Take heed what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord who is with you in the judgment." Now all through chapter 19, you'll find that Jehoshaphat is setting things in order. He's setting things in order there at Jerusalem and at Judea. He's setting things in order. And when you do that, when a man of God who stands faithfully week after week after week and preaches the word of God to his people tries to set things in order, guess what's going to happen? I promise you the devil's going to raise his ugly head and and somebody's going to get upset. Now, that brings us to chapter 20. Look at verse number 1. Here is the problem that is severe. Jehoshaphat has set things in order. He's bringing people back into the Lord God of their fathers and he's setting judges out there to judge righteously. The Bible said in chapter 20 verse 1 And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Now here is the problem that's severe. Just as soon as he sets things in order at the house of God, if you will, then the enemy is rising up against him. Verse 2, Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee, From beyond the sea, on this side Syria, and behold, they be in Hamar, which is in, in, in Gedi. Now here they come, and this is the problem that is very severe. Jehoshaphat has a good army. They've already been out with Ahab and defeated Syria, but he knows that his army is no match for the Ammonites and the Moabites and the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Notice what Jehoshaphat does in verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. I like that about Brother Jehoshaphat. He set himself to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, this is the first time in the Word of God, not the first time anybody's ever fasted, but it's the first time that a king has commanded the whole nation to proclaim a fast. I mean, the enemy's coming, the Ammonites and the Moabites, And they're going to rape the women. They'll ransack the houses. They'll kill the babies. They're coming to destroy all of Judah and Jerusalem. And all Jehoshaphat knows to do is to set himself and to seek the Lord. Now I'm talking about what to do when you don't know what to do. Look at verse number 4. Now here is the prayer of the servant. I mean Jehoshaphat, sets himself to seek the Lord, and he begins to pray. The Bible said in verse 4, And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat, he stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers. Now here is his prayer. Here's Jehoshaphat's petition unto God Almighty. Now get the picture in your mind. There's families out there. There's children. There's mothers with little suckling childs. There's a standing army out there. And on the, on the hillside is the Ammonites and the Moabites. But Jehoshaphat is praying. And he said, Art thou not God in heaven? And rulest thou not over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. Let me say this quickly. God does not need to be reminded of who he is. God knows who he is. But you know what Jehoshaphat is doing? He's encouraging his own heart as he prays. He's encouraging the heart of his people that are facing this problem. And he said, Lord, if we've ever needed you, we need you now. Look at verse number 7. He said, Art thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. He reminds God of the covenant relationship that God has made with Israel through Abraham. And he's praying now. I mean, seriously. I mean, there's an enemy. And hey, church, there's an enemy that would like to destroy us, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now listen, if you think the devil's going to roll over and play dead just because you've built and added on, you know better than that. He's going to raise his ugly head and try to bring down the work of God. But Jehoshaphat makes his prayer. Look at verse 8. He said, And they, speaking about Israel, they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name. Now if you go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, that's when Solomon had finished building the temple and he prayed the dedicatorial prayer and the glory filled the house. And God told Solomon, he said, if when pestilence or, or this happens or that happens, if you bring the people before me and if you'll humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive thy sin and heal thy land. And that's what they're doing right here. I mean, what Jehoshaphat, not only the prayer of the servant, but he leans on a promise of the Scripture. He falls back on a promise that God made to Israel. Look at verse number 9. If when evil cometh upon us as the sword and judgment or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, And in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. Don't you believe the name of the Lord is in this house too? I mean, this church has been set aside and consecrated in the name of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat said in verse number 9, And he said, And cry unto thee in our affliction, Then thou wilt hear and help. He said, God, you made us that promise. You told us if we do this that, that you would hear and help. Now watch this. Drop down to verse number 12. He's continuing his prayer. He said, Oh, our God, uh, wilt thou not judge them? uh, for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Uh, But now watch this. Uh, Here is the perplexity of the situation. Uh, I mean the prayer of the servant, uh, but now the perplexity of the situation. Uh, As he closes out his prayer, brother Arthur, uh, he said, Lord, uh, neither know we what to do, but, I like that conjunction, but our eyes are upon thee. Hey, that's what to do when you don't know what to do, friend. I mean, he's out there. He's made his prayer. He's fell back on the promise of the Scripture. He confesses, God, we've got a perplexing situation, and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And notice what he said in verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. I mean, listen, he has just prayed, and he said, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. I tell you, God will never fail his people when we get like that. You know what? Number one, what to do when you don't know what to do? Look to your potentate. Look to your potentate. You say, why are you using that word potentate? Because Paul used it in 1 Timothy 6.15. He said, which in his times he shall show who is the only potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords. What to do when you don't know what to do? Look to your potentate. Get your eyes on the Lord. Now watch Watch how it's worded in the Scripture. They're standing out there. He's just made the prayer. Every eye is toward heaven. Women, children, warriors. There's, and on the other side, they can hear the Amorites are coming and the Moabites maybe even see some of their glittering spears and swords and shields. And then the Bible said, verse 14, just as soon as He said, our eyes are upon thee, Notice how it's worded. Then, then, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zachariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. Came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. God answered their prayer, and He answered it right then and there. The power of God came upon this young preacher boy, and the Bible says in verse fifteen, "Here is His proclamation." Now, what to do when you don't know what to do? Look to your potentate. But listen to the proclamation from the. Scripture. Uh, Notice what he began to preach. Uh, And he said, Hearken ye, uh, all Judah. Now, this is the Spirit of God speaking through that young man. And you inhabitants of Jerusalem, uh, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you. Uh, Boy, I bet Jehoshaphat said, Hallelujah. Uh, Amen. I hear everybody else getting to saying, Hallelujah. God's getting ready to say something to us. and we we're waiting on him to say something. And that young man began to preach, and he said, God said, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Hey, hey, I like that right there, friend. This battle is not our battle, but it's God's battle. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? You need to listen to the proclamation. As the man of God preaches with the anointing of God on him, listen when you don't know what to do. Listen to the proclamation. And then here's what he said. Verse 16. He said, Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Z. Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost knows what direction the enemy's coming? <laughs> I mean, the Holy Ghost knows where the enemy's setting. He knows how to flush them out. Hey, He said also, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. I mean, the Holy Ghost knew just exactly the military tactics that the Avonites and the Moabites were going to employ. I'm glad God knows how to expose the devil and the devil's cohorts. Then in verse 17, not only listen to his proclamation, not only look to your potentate, but lean on his power when you don't know what to do. Now, I mean, so far, they've heard the battle is not yours, but it's God's. But in verse 17, this boy's still preaching that he said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. I see those warriors, scars on their bodies, scars on their faces where they fought many of a battle. They said, do what? We're not going to have to fight. And the Spirit of the Lord said, you need not fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. That same salvation of the Lord uh, that was with Jehoshaphat uh, and his people is still with us today. Uh, what to do when you don't know what to do, friend? Uh, lean on his power. Uh, hey, he can fight our battles. Uh, all we've got to do is set ourselves uh, and stand you still uh, and see the salvation of the Lord. He said, O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Hallelujah. I'm glad I can lean on his power. I'm glad He's still omnipotent. I'm still glad He has all power, friend. Hey, the church ain't going down. The church is not going to go under. The church is getting ready to go over and to go up. And the Lord is still with us. Amen. Now, what, Have you ever been there? Have you ever been? You said, I just don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. And we're prone to push a panic lever and push a panic button. But I tell you what to do. Listen to the proclamation and look to your potentate and lean on his power. And then, number three, four, five, wherever I'm at, verse 18. And Jehoshaphat, now he's the king. He's the king. We're going to let him be a type of the pastor. And Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. Son, he had just heard from heaven. I mean, he had heard a word from God. And he popped his knees and down on the ground he went. And you know what? Soon as his face hit the ground, and all Judah, the whole church, if you will, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Fail before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now, what to do when you don't, hey, they've not fought the battle yet. They've not seen the victory yet. All they've got is a word from God. All you need is a word from God. And we got his word right here, friend. Hey, and the battle is the Lord's. Set yourself, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord. So, Jehoshaphat, now, here's the fourth thing, what to do when you don't know what to do. Look to your potentate, listen to the proclamation, lean on His power, and then lift up some praises. Just go ahead and worship Him by faith. Now, they're still out there. Ammonites, Moabites, uh, inhabitants of Mount Seir. Uh, but you know what Jerusalem does in Judea? I mean, Jehoshaphat bows down. Uh, and the whole crowd got out on their faces before God Almighty. Uh, and they begin to worship Him. Uh, then in verse 19, it got the worship service turned into a praise service. Uh, and the Levites, of so the and the Korites, uh, and the and the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice. With a loud voice. I look that word loud up in the Hebrew and it's amazing. It's astonishing. It's so deep. It means loud. Amen. the It means piercing and shrill even to the point of annoying somebody standing too close by. They got to praising God with a loud voice. When you don't know what to do, just go ahead and lift up some praises. Do it. I've had to do it myself. Brother Billy Kelly taught me that years ago and other men and they said when you get down and you're struggling just go ahead and praise him anyway. I said, But I don't feel nothing, I don't sense nothing. I remember hearing about this old country church up in the mountains and that gone through Brother J B that gone through a winter time seemed like there's in a desert, like there was no touch of God. And the choir was trying to sing and it was as starchy and dry as last year's bird's nest. And an Old timer jumped up and he went to running across the front of the church and he was saying, Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Choir director stopped singing, looked down and said, I don't feel God, I don't sense God. He said, I don't either, but I'm gonna do this until I do. And about that time, heaven come down. God breathed on that little church. Hey, when you don't know what to do, just go ahead and lift up some praise really
1: you'll find it'll work
0: yeah. there's the perplexity of the situation it's about to kill me but in verse 20 here's the pastor's sermon honey jehoshaphat got stirred up when he heard the word from the lord he got stirred up and they rose up early in the morning went forth in the wilderness of Tekoi. and as they went forth jehoshaphat stood and said hear me old judah <laughs> that's the pastor if you will he said, hear me, O Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. He's got a two-point message. Believe in the Lord your God. <laughs> you hear what he's saying? He's saying we just need to trust. We need to believe what the Spirit of God just got through saying. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be accepted established. Point number two, believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. I tell you what we need to do, just believe God, friend. Just go ahead and believe him. He's as good as his word. Hey, he's better than his word. He's esteemed his word greater than his own name, friend. Just go ahead and believe his word. Jehoshaphat stirred up now. Hey, just a few verses back under. He's full of fear. But now he's full of faith. Faith! Because he had heard from heaven. <laughs> now watch this. Verse number 21. When, when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Now get this. And hey, that's how they're going to fight this, art, this, this warfare. And I can imagine them Ammonites and Moabites saying, what in the name of God are they shouting out over there? We're getting ready to come over there and decapitate their heads and, and rip their children apart and, and, and mutilate their families. And, and they're over there shouting under their God. I believe they got a tad bit nervous right there. And if you ever go to shouting by, hey, the devil can see you shouting on the mountain. The devil can see you shouting when the bills are paid. But when you're down in the valley and your back is against the wall and he thinks he's got you pinned down and you raise one hand and say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, I believe it gives him a tad bit of a nervous mental condition. Boy, I mean, Jehoshaphat gets stirred up. He says, here's how we're going to fight this. This is how God we're going to fight it? You warriors get in the back. Singers come out front. I see them soldiers have to back up, and they're looking at one another and saying, my Lord, they're going to send the singers out before the soldiers? You singers ought to like this. And what I understand about Judah and Jerusalem, they're in that choir. Asaph was one of the choir directors. And what you find, there's a male choir and a female choir. Historians say as they went out into this battle, the women were on one side and the men on the other. That's the choir. And the ladies probably started out first, because they usually do start out first in the choir. And I could hear them say, Brother Jehoshaphat said to sing it. I don't know what's going to happen, but the enemies are coming. They could see them are coming. And they said, Praise the Lord, for His mercy it forever. I see one of them go, Ooh, That felt good. Ooh, I like that. And over here on this side of that valley, On this side of that, that is them men. One of them men, Brother Asaph, said, Hey, boys, we ain't going to let them women out sing us. Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. And then the Sopranos and the Altos kicked in. Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth. That's how they fought the battle, friend. They went out of singing, singing. God said, this battle is mine, Jehoshaphat. I'm going to show you. I can take care of the battle. And no soldier has to draw a sword or a spear or raise a shield. And they went to singing, and it drove the enemy stark raven mad. Read your Bible. The Bible, look at verse 22. You need to see this. And when, didn't happen until they did it. And when they began to sing and to praise this never did happen until they did it. the bible said the lord set ambushments the green beret and the navy seals not the only ones that knows how to set ambushments god almighty uh, through his sovereign power uh, set an ambushment (laughs) you say what's this word mean well i looked it up simply means God befuddled and confused and bewildered their minds. Huh? And what happened? Watch what happened. Against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. You say, how did it happen in verse 23? For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the children of Mount Seir. Do you understand? You've got to get this. They just solicited the inhabitants of Mount Seir to come and help them. And now, all of a sudden, this thing, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And nobody's having to draw swords, spear, shield. All of a sudden, the Moabites and the Ammonites, said, hey, so what are you all doing out here with us? And now, they begin to run the inhabitants, they kill the inhabitants of Mount Seir. What's this? And the Bible said, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. You know what that means? That The Ammonites turned on the Moabites and the Moabites turned on the Ammonites and they killed each other. Do you see how God can fight our battles? Uh, and there had to be one Ammonite living and one Moabite living. And I believe the last two pulled their own sword and said, dummy, dummy, dummy. Dummy, dummy, dummy. dummy and they run it through. And God Almighty, He killed every one of them. Hey, I'm talking now about the provision of a sovereign God, friend. When you get to where you don't know what to do, just give God the benefit of the doubt, and he'll clear the tracks, and he'll take care of
1: things.
0: Amen, Brother Jack, he can. Hallelujah, I feel a little preach coming through me now. I'm telling you, hey, that enemy went to killing each other. I've seen God do it in churches. I've seen God turn people on each other that was trying to run the preacher off. I've seen God do it.
1: Amen.
0: Lord, that's the introduction. I gotta quit. Never one helped to destroy another. Verse twenty-four. When Judah. Came toward the watchtower in the wilderness. And they're coming out through there and they're singing. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And the Bible said in verse 24, and when they came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, I don't know whether this was a high place or whether it was an, that some men believe it was just a high place, an observation point. Somebody crawled up there and got their binoculars and got their telescope and looked out through there. My God, my God, and my God, there ain't nobody living there. There ain't nobody standing. It's a bloody mess out there. I've seen one of them come back and report to Brother Jehoshaphat and said, sir, you ain't going to believe this. There ain't nobody alive. Every Ammonite's dead, every Moabite's dead, and every inhabitant of Mount Sears dead. I believe old Brother Jehoshaphat said, God told us the battle's not ours, but it's his. <laughs> Amen. Watch. The Bible said in the Behold. There were dead bodies falling to the earth and none escaped. Now, here's my message, what to do when you don't know what to do. And I'm I going to throw this in. Here's how you he handle it. The foes were slain. The foes were slain. And their faith was strengthened. What do you think happened to them women? What do you think happened to them, you little teenage boys? When they run up there on that hill of observation, they said, let us look, let us look. And they looked out there, and there's just dead bodies everywhere, multitudes of dead bodies. I believe them little boys looked and said, Brother Jehoshaphat, you're right. Believe in the Lord your God, and we're going to believe. We're going to believe that he's our God too. Their faith was strength. Haven't you seen God fight your battles before? Haven't you seen God fight a battle or two for you? And, and the foe was slain, and, and your faith was strengthened. Not like this. Their finances were secured. Their finances were secured. You so say, what in the name of heaven? You, you take your medicine this morning, Brother Buster, I did. Verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people come to take away the spoil, the Bible said they found of them in abundance, both riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil, that was so much. I'm telling you, their financial situation was secure. Who, uh, now, who put it in the mind of them Ammonites, Moabites, inhabitants of Mount Seir? You don't take your Rolex watch, and you don't wear your gold rings, and, and you don't take your heirlooms and your gold and your silver when you go out to fight a battle. You leave that home for your wife in case you die. I believe God Almighty whispered to that enemy and said, bring everything you've got. Bring it all with you. All you Moabites, Ammonites, Abednego Mount Sears, bring it. Because where you're going, you're not going to be able to spend it. Amen. And I'm telling you, them, listen, Judah run out there, Jerusalem run out there, and they got to stripping off gold and silver, and it was so much, it took them four days just to gather the spoil. Their finances were secured. (laughs) What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. I got to quit. I was supposed to quit at 12, but I went overtime. Let me throw this in for good measure. Them women, sometimes they'll be a cook and they'll throw it in for good measure. I said, Barbara, what is that? She said, don't know it's good measure. Just throws it in. My brother, my brother at the church, he's pastor, been fighting a battle. I mean, for about five years, an intensive battle. And he had, took an old church there in Knoxville, ingrained deep, deep, I mean, bedrock men that had been there 25 and 30 years, deacons. And somebody told me, said so they got super glue on their breeches, and they'll be there when your brother's dead and
1: gone.
0: I mean, they, they don't like old-time preaching. They don't like God's old-time ways. Boy, I've been a-praying and a-praying. My brother's been a-praying. I told him, I said, two years ago, I said, you need to try to get it out of a deacon's meeting, get it in a men's meeting. He went to the deacons and said, We'd like to, we're gonna have a men's meeting. They said, Oh no. We tried that years ago and it got out of hand. He came back and told me that, and I said, Yep, it got out of their hand. About nine weeks ago, the men came to the deacons and said, We're gonna have a meeting with you or without you. We men are gonna run this church. With or without you, deacons. Yeah, that chaffed them, that made them upset. That mean that word chaffed is what they, the me, people that worked at the meal would understand what cornstarch powder was for. You put it where you hurt. You know what I'm a saying? <laughs> and them deacons got chaff, And they had them a men's meeting. And my brother called me five weeks ago, six now. He said, you've got to come preach Sunday. I said, I'm starting revival, son. He said, call and see if you can get off. I need you to be here. Something's coming down. I don't know what it is. I said, "Well, I'll, I'd made arrangements." He said, "Don't even get here till preaching time. I don't want nobody to know you're here till preaching time." So I slipped in till eleven o'clock out. I sat down back there. The chairman, the chairman of the deacon board, the chairman got up from over here. He got up. He walked up. They went from two hundred down to seventy-five. I mean, they've lost some people, been abandoning the ship and running off and leaving. Here's what they had the audacity to tell my brother: they said we can't take all this pressure. But if you get this straightened out, we'll come back and help you when it's over. I told my brother, I said, if they abandon the ship in the storm, I said, don't you never trust them if they come back again? I believe you ought to stay with the ship in the time of a storm too, friend. And so now that that chairman of the deacon board, and he was also the Sunday school superintendent. He said, all of you can see the church has fallen down to nothing. He said, we went from 200 to 75. He said, I guess the axe ought to start with me. I'm the Sunday school superintendent. He said, I'm resigning this morning. Under my breath, I said, glory. I said, glory. And he said, I've been, a cha- I've been a chairman of the deacon for 25 years here. He said, I'm resigning. I'm resigning for four other deacons. I said, hallelujah. He didn't know he couldn't resign for him, but he did. Them folk up there in East Tennessee don't know a whole lot. And he resigned, and he stepped down. My brother said, come and preach I mean, the church was in a state of shock. I got up, never did touch it. God helped me. I never did say a word. And I got through preaching. I usually always go change clothes, and I got through. I went and sat down right where you're sitting, brother. And I sat there. My wife and I had been praying for five years, four years, last two intensively. Brother Joe knows this about joining over there. But I said, God, I'm not going to join the church. It's run by a deacon boy. I preach against Everybody that. And you know what? I sat in there, and the Lord said, what you waiting on now? I just broke it all to pieces. He said, the board just got busted. What are you waiting on? I said, I'm coming, Lord. I stood up motioning for my family. And you know what they did? They didn't shout during the message. They went to shouting when we joined the church. Four women hit their feet, old-fashioned women. Wow! They got to shouting. I've had them shout on a lot of things, but I ain't never seen nobody shouting somebody join the church. And that chairman of the deacon board that just resigned had the audacity to come by and shake my hand. But what he didn't know was I was his worst nightmare that he'd ever lived to see. And God broke that thing. And God fought the battle. And just what? Finances have stayed the same. The finances has not went down none. You know what that tells me about that 125 that left? There's a bunch of God-robbing thieves is what they were. They were, hey, God, I'm telling you, still owns the cattle of a thousand hills and the hills and the taters that are under the hills. Hey, God can fight our battles. Their finances were secured. Their faith was strengthened. And their foes were slain. And if that ain't enough, Their future was settled. Look at verse 26. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka. Now, there's some valleys I don't care about getting in. I've been to the valley of weeping. I've been to the valley of sorrow and death with my family. But here's a good one. The valley of Baraka. For there they blessed the Lord. They got in that valley. They just went to blessing God. I can see them say, look, look, we thought this was going to kill us. Look, We thought this was going to take what we got. And look, we got all they got. And they're dead. Oh, I could see them old-fashioned ladies doing that again. Wow! I mean, I believe they got to shout. And I know they did. For there they blessed the Lord. And therefore the name of the same place was called the Valley of Barakah, which means a blessing. And they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. They're coming back now with joy. Coming back with joy for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. (laughs) Hey, God can still help us. When you get down to verse 30, so the rim. That means the the, the dominion. That means the rule and the empire of Jehoshaphat was quiet. For his God gave him rest round about. Do you see it? Their future was settled. <laughs> you say, Brother Buster, what about ours? Oh, it's already settled if you're saved by grace. Our future. Now, it may be a little shaky now. Things may be happening. We may be falling apart piece by piece by piece. <laughs> but praise God, our future is settled and secured, friend. What to do when you don't know what to do. And if some of us would be honest, we're facing some things. We just don't know what to do. What to do. I mean, I I promise you, Brother Joe's dad, Brother J.B. Arthur, preached all these years and still is a mighty man of God, has been, always will be in my eyes. But he probably thought he'd never live to see these days like this. Some of you older folk, you're having to raise your own grandchildren. I commend you for that. We're facing ours like we've never faced. I mean, I I look, I could start naming people who are missing now and gone since I've been coming down here. But we didn't think they were going to slip out and beat us home. But they've done it. They've done it. But you know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What to do when you don't know what to do? Just get your eyes on the Lord. Listen. Listen to the man of God when he's preaching to you out of that book. And then lean on God's power. (laughs) Say, Lord, I don't have no power of my own. I can't can't make it without you, God. Just lean on him. (laughs) Lord, my mind's going to the song of Solomon. Who is this that cometh up? How? Of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved. Is that shooting my girl? Hey, Amen. And we're getting ready to leave this wilderness and we're going to be leaning on our beloved. Lean on his power. And whether you feel like it or not, when you feel like it, just go ahead and lift up and say, Praise your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord.
1: Bless the Lord.
0: And watch God go to work.